the hard shoulder. With Nissan. Number one for petrol in Ireland. Number one for electric. Nissan. Innovation that excites. This is News Talk. Well, it's a great pleasure after a few weeks' break to welcome Cara Gustenberg back in our series Down to Earth. And as we alluded to earlier, we actually are going to be talking about bees because Cara and her nine-year-old daughter, Eva, uh, well, wouldn't be everyone's idea of a bag of laughs over your <laughs> summer holidays, went to a beekeeping summer school. First of all, welcome. Where was the summer school? What did it involve? Uh, this is a, an annual thing in Gormanston College that the Federation of Irish Beekeepers have been running for 73 years now. And actually there's there's really nothing like it in the world. So there were people from California and from the UK over all saying that this kind of intensive week-long summer school in beekeeping is is quite unique. Now, a lot of summer schools, I'm thinking of the Kennedy one, I'm thinking of Glenties and so on, are kind of esoteric wafflers talking about the (laughs) academic or sort of public policy issues. Was it a kind of DIY guide to making honey and keeping bees or was it about the policy and the environmental factors and what's happening globally with bees? No, this is very much a practical course. So they have uh, beginner, intermediate and and expert level uh, lectures going on all the time. They bring in um, academic researchers from America and, and, you know, really into how to keep bees, how to keep them disease free, uh, how to maximize your honey yields, for example. You know, the gear they wear over their head. Did you have all that? Yeah, we're we actually own all the gear now, so we we rented the beekeeping suits, but we really uh, took to the beekeeping. So so we've kept them now, and we're going to start to look into the process of getting hives. Okay, uh, so we will come to that. First of all, from an environmental and biodiversity point of view, what is the significance of bees? So I I suppose I it was my daughter who really drove this because she she's very interested in bees as as basically the importance of them in terms of the food chain. So they pollinate a majority of our food crops and, and 87% of the world's uh, uh, flowers are, are insect or bird pollinated. So so they're really important for, for flowers and they're really important particularly for food. And in Ireland, we've got about 99 uh, bee species that, inclu- and that includes uh, wasps and solitary bees and also honeybees and bumblebees. And a third of them are threatened with extinction. So, you know, our, our crops are at risk and and because of because of the bees. So let's talk about the international state of bees. Is, there, is it in a good place, in a bad place? What's happening? Yeah, they're being affected by everything. Probably the, the biggest threat to bees is, is land development. So they're just running out of habitat as we develop and they're running out of food uh, because there's less flowers. So a lot of the beekeepers I met talked about this, this problem in rural Ireland with these green deserts, that they want to keep bees in rural Ireland, but, but there's no flowers really for the bees to feed on because we're intensifying agriculture, we're cutting back hedgerows, and, and we're simply running out of food supply for the bees. So urban beekeepers are finding it much easier to, to keep bees than rural beekeeper keepers in Ireland. And is this worldwide? Yeah, I mean, neo these neonicotinoid pesticides that were being sprayed, they had a huge impact on bees in particular because farmers would spray these pesticides and then bees would get de- disoriented and not be able to find their way back to their hives. So those have been banned in, in Europe and in, in other parts of the world. Uh, but still other sprays are, are causing problems, things like glyphosate, uh, you know, ruining the food supply for bees and the, the habitat for bees. Um, so there, there's a lot of threats to bees, actually. And one of the things that surprised me the most is, is that 
but particularly solitary bees need bare soil um, to, to nest in. So they bury their eggs into bare soil in the winter and, and leave them over winter. And of course, if you're a gardener, you know we cover all our bare soil. We either plant it or we pave it or we put gravel over it. So the easiest thing you can do if you care about bees is to go out in your garden with your spade and create some bare soil for, for bees to nest in. Now, how many species of bees or, or this type of pollinators do we have in Ireland? In Ireland, we have uh, 99 uh, pollinator, insect pollinators or bee species. And only one of them is the honeybee, which is the one, of course, that we've kind of domesticated. And then, so when you talk about a bumblebee, it doesn't yeah. produce any honey? It does produce a little bit of honey, but not at the level of honeybees. So honeybees are, are used by beekeepers because they are the most fruitful in terms of their honey reserves. But bumblebees do pr- pr- create a little bit of honey for their own use. Um, but of course, the honeybees, we can, they, they're creating it for their own use, but we found a way to make them maximize that yield so that we can and use it. And what's a solitary, you've referred to it twice, a solitary bee. Yeah, what's so a, solitary a solitary bee is a bee that doesn't live in a hive. So they, they exist on their own like other insects and they're, they're the ones who tend to bury into And what's into their life dirt. cycle? Do they kind of, they, they come from an egg, they go into a sort of, sort of caterpillar and then they fly away yeah, well, like di- a butterfly? Different, different bees have different types of life cycles, but the, the honeybee itself actually in the summertime, the, the summer honeybees only live about six weeks. So they come out of their egg and right away they start to take on roles around the hive, like cleaning and getting rid of dead bees mm-hmm. and cleaning out the cells for new eggs. And then they most of them become worker bees uh, where they're they're making honey and storing it for the winter. And of course, some of them, a small amount of them are what they call drones, which are males. But 97% of, of the bees in a hive are actually female. Okay. So say you want to... Uh Get your own hive, the little timber thing, with the honeycombs in it. Yeah. Uh, like, do you have to go after a swarm or how do you get them to come to you? Yeah, there's there's different debates on how you get the bees. And um, it's it's not a cheap and not an easy process. And certainly taking a course is essential to being able to do it properly because it's a, quite a big investment. And, and then if you get it wrong, you know... You What's the investment? Them. Well, some of the beekeepers I was talking to saying they were starting off, they were spending about seven to nine hundred euros. And that's for the, the hives, maybe one or two hives plus a colony of bees. Where do you get the colony? The like, can you go down to the local yeah. pet shop and um, get a colony no, of bees? You can buy bees from other beekeepers um, or you can try and catch a swarm. But uh, there's a big problem with disease. In the last 15 years, a lot of the, the honeybees in Ireland, pretty much all of them have this varroa mite living on them. And of course, that depletes their energy and makes it hard for them to produce honey. So you want to make sure you're getting your bees from a reputable place where they don't have any of these diseases. And you know. But do you have to, you spoke about urban living versus, you know, shrinking vegetation and flowers for them and so on. So I've got all the gear Mm -hmm. and I go to a local beekeeper and I buy a few bees what happens then? Like, how do you do? You have to put a little honey in the thing to attract them. In? Uh, no, sometimes you do have to feed them with like a sugar water solution in the in the times of year where maybe f- uh, flowers are in short supply just to keep them going. Um, but for the most part, if if there are flowers out there, and you know, in early spring we have the dandelions, which are so important to bees, and then we have the willow, so they're out there and they're foraging on that, and then all the way until this time of year where they're foraging on ivy and and some of the flowering trees. So you know, as long as there's flowers in kind of a three mile radius. Yes, but but what's, what's it? Do you have to get a queen bee? How do you like if they only yeah. last six weeks? How do you reproduce? So them? every colony has a has a queen bee, and a queen bee could last for several years. Um, and then they have they have the worker bees, and they have the drones, and that's the. And would you recognize a, a, a queen bee just looking? Yeah, at well, it? that was the point of our our exams. Actually, was to be able to recognize it. Now they're much larger, and they they walk through the hive in a different way, so you, you can develop an expertise. Like, in, could there be more than one queen in a hive? 
if the if the workers start to feel that the queen is maybe failing, she's becoming less fertile, everything, they will start to lay other queen cells. And then you have this risk. The big problem with beekeepers in the summer is that their bees can often swarm. They can decide, look, we want to leave this queen and we want to follow another queen or the queen herself decides to leave. Wow. So a lot of beekeepers, not only do they mark their bees with a little color, but they also clip uh, the queen bees one wing to stop, them so to stop the queen from leaving so that the oh, colony God. stays. But a colony in the summer can have 60,000 bees in it. Um, and, and, you know, can produce a lot of honey. So how would you go about it now? Like you're living in Bray. Yeah. Like I'd say there's not a lot of... So I'm a little... Actually, well, I'm on Bray Head, so there's a lot of lovely heather, which okay. is beautiful heather, honey, and, and so there's a lot of potential there. But, you know, I, I mean, I was doing this largely because it was such an educational opportunity for my daughter to learn about science yeah. and nature and everything, but but also because I thought this might be good for environmental reasons to, to help pollinators. And I'm a little bit conflicted now because, of course, if you keep domesticated honeybees, uh, they're then competing for food sources with the, the wild bees and the solitary bees. So, you know, there's currently... A deficit of flowers in in Ireland um, and there's not enough food to support all of these bees so so you know I'm, I'm in two minds whether or not we go the route of, of keeping honeybees or whether we do more for kind of our, our solitary bees and our bumblebees in terms of creating habitat and creating more food supply in our gardens well, but let's say you get over the wrestle with your conscience and you <laughs> and you actually buy the gear get the thing how quickly would you have a, a sort of comb of honey? Uh, you, it's, it's seasonal, right? So the bees start working really hard beginning in the early spring. And then around this time in, in August, you start to have the, the biggest supply of honey. So you leave a little bit for them to get through the winter, and then you start to extract the, the extra honey for yourself, either to sell or to give to your friends. So, so l- l- talk to us about the, how are they getting on? Because I have some beekeeper friends, and particularly older guy who I knew in Enniscorthy, Paddy Murphy, and his life was about bees. And every time I used to meet him, you know, periodically every five years or so, it's an awful year on the bees, the bad weather. And then you'd hear reports that beekeeping is going down, down, Mm -hmm. down. It's almost vanishing. Now, some of the reasons you said, but like if it's a wet summer, if it's a difficult summer, is that more Mm -hmm. hard on them? And what's the current state of the beekeeping industry? Yeah, so if it's a wet summer or a bad summer, then you get a lower supply of honey. But actually last summer was brilliant because of the good weather. Mm. So Irish beekeepers were were saying they they had a great bumper crop for for beekeeping last summer. Places like France, where they had temperatures this summer over 40 degrees – their their bee colonies would have just collapsed. All the wax inside of the of the hives would have just melted, and and the colony, you know, too the high, yeah, too hot. So we're we're in a kind of a lucky position in Ireland that we don't have those kind of temperatures. Um, you know how the how domestic or honey bee colonies are doing is a little bit unsure because um, beekeepers I found are a bit like farmers, and they don't. You shouldn't be asking them, you know, how many hives do you have? It's like asking a farmer how many cows do you have. Yeah. Um, so so they're a little protective okay. of that information. So finally, you enjoyed the course. Eva got an award, the youngest person ever to get an award at this how do people who are listening to this and have an interest, how can they get in touch yeah, well, and, the, and avail of the course themselves? Yeah, the best thing to do is to join a, a local association and they're all over the country with hundreds of people going to, to the meetings. So the Federation of Irish Beekeepers or the Irish Beekeeper Association all have local chapters and you can take a, an introductory course in beekeeping there. Um, and if you're just interested in creating more food supply and more habitat for bees, then go to pollinators.ie and the, the All Ireland Pollinator Guides will tell you how to do it in your, in your local area or your school or your community or your golf course or whatever it may be. All right. 
Well, wouldn't be my idea of a holiday, but uh, congratulations <laughs> there to Eva getting through Beekeeping Summer School. If you want to find out about it, log on to Irish Beekeeping Association, all one word, lowercase dot i-e, and you will find a local group near you. That's our down-to-earth episode today. Fascinating and original and different. As always, Dr. Cara Gustenberg, thank you. Thank you. 